Welcome to a live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. I'm Brian Fulford, joined by my brothers Kelvin Rozier and Marcus Green. Uh, fellas, how we doing? Marcus, Kelvin, what's good? Doing all right on a Rattler Wednesday. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, you know, a lot going on in Rally Nation, a whole lot. Um, but, you know, this is also the week that uh, we have to uh, see off our brother. And um, mm-hmm. I went to see see him yesterday. And so uh, it's still hard to believe, hard to see. But, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. Yeah, um, definitely the um, the uh, the wake or the viewing, I guess, was yesterday. Uh, correct. Um, I was yeah. I was hoping I was hoping it would possibly be Friday, yeah, given a give a chance to get up there. And so the service, the service for those who will be uh, in Tallahassee, uh, the service for Kofi will be on Saturday. I believe it's eleven thirty a.m. Uh, at the uh, eleven a.m. Excuse me, at the Old West Florida. Enrichment there off of uh, Lake Bradford, and so um, that'll be the uh, opportunity uh, to to say uh, just in in this form uh, goodbyes and celebrate, continue to celebrate the life, and I think that's what uh, we we will continue to do. I know that's what we've been doing. Um, Hopefully, all of you guys out there had an opportunity to buy your shirts, um, which, you know, that ended on Monday. Shout out to uh, Scotty Offscript uh, TV for um, making that happen. So we'll kind of um, wait. And, and again, I, I wish I'd, I knew and I, I don't have the name of the the company there in Tallahassee, Kelvin, uh, that's producing the shirts. I don't know if. You caught it, maybe uh, if, if Scotty at any point in time, if he's watching or when he does check in, we'll make sure to to give them a shout out because we wanna we wanna give those rattlers some love and some recognition for doing what they're doing. But but it's our hope that if these shirts do make their arrivals to everybody in time for the spring game on April fifteenth, we want everybody to wear their shirts to the uh, orange and green game on Saturday, April 15th. Uh, it is free right now. It's still free admission. Uh, I don't think they planned anything in the evening. Nope. What is uh, no, what are you shaking your head? Oh, so what's been playing? Is somebody from the two twenty club singing afterwards? What's happening? I don't know the <laughs> full specifics, but it, but I'm hearing that, uh, 
it, 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 it there will be some kind of charge of fee. And hope, well, you know, and hopefully it, the announcement. Yes, and hopefully the she announcement is, will come this week. No, A.D. Sykes mentioned something about that um, during the 220 Club because somebody asked. And when I first perked up, I was like, oh, well, wait a minute. Did I hear what I just heard? Well, she did mention that you have you can't charge for that game unless you either a you choose to do something like donations, which, you know, donations are donations or unless you are having something else. Yes, an ancillary it. event that you can charge. Yes. For. So and if you that were was having, my assumption. Yeah. So we haven't heard what that is. Uh, I saw, okay, $15 is what I'm seeing. A couple people jump in in the chat room. But I mean, that's an access fee. But again, she stated, as I heard, that well, so what's coming after? There must be something else happening. Or maybe that's a two for one ticket. I, I, now, I don't know what else we have that would qualify but you know what what's coming after you know is there a concert yeah. I, I i'll try to get those details and, and yeah, put it out yeah. i don't have the details right now yeah so uh we uh we'll, we'll talk about that a lot to talk about uh not only again marcus mentioned the 220 club appearance today ad sykes you know she's everywhere man i tell you everywhere but here but anyway, that you know, everywhere we, she's she is making appearances. She's talking to people. We love we. I love that about her that she is everywhere and she's telling information and things of that nature. So I mean, we just continue to open up the invitation and and you know, we're here. We're here, and hopefully, you know, my hope, Kelvin and Marcus, is that with us being in the house on April fifteenth, that. We're in Tallahassee. She's in Tallahassee. Our cameras will be live. We'll be doing, hopefully, post-game, pre-game shows. I mean, look, we're there. We, we, you know, we're talking to anybody and everybody in the athletic department that we can to try to make it happen. Because I know you guys want to see it. We want to see it. I mean, we, you know, whatever things are out there, we, we want to put that to bed. You know, we, we want AD Sykes. We are a supporter of 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 this and her because she is FAMU and she is FAMU Athletics. So we uh, we try to I make did, that happen. And, and, and Brian, I'll just say, I did briefly get a chance to speak with her last week um, and she is a very personable etc. Uh, yeah, so very much so. So, so it, it, I, I have the utmost confidence confidence that it would happen soon exactly i look i I believe it'll eventually happen look how long it took it took us a year and a half we have michael smith on that you saw it look it it takes a while when you get that high up the up the up the uh up the uh chain of command you know what i'm saying it takes a while so i i we need to temper our you know expectations i know my i know my my brother kofi would have would have been like he wanted it now you know he wanted it uh but you know we will we'll have to temper our expectations and so that's what we'll do and we'll continue to report but she shared some great information with the 220 club we'll kind of talk about that today uh coming up on today's show uh, outside of talking about everything happening with our tennis program i got a feeling we got it we talked about a couple of SWAC championships for the spring. I got a feeling one of them might happen this weekend. So we're going to talk about tennis. We're going to talk about bowling. We're going to talk about baseball and softball. Uh, spring Drag. practice. 
track. Yes, track and field. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a busy time. A lot to talk about. No, uh, coming up. Go, uh, yeah, go, I saw that they had a a a, 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 a golf they match in California. Out yeah. in California, yes, yes. So wow. we gotta we gotta mention all of them. And uh, coming up at the bottom of this hour, we're gonna talk to uh, Nyla Clarington, who became a viral sensation. Now, this is the people talk about why ESPN, right? And I'm just gonna just I want you to take note of something, okay? And we talk about. The, the power of ESPN, and I know there's back and forth that people have issues with ESPN for many reasons, right? But when ESPN gets a hold of your stuff, all of a sudden it becomes a thing, right? This viral video that Nyla, and she's a cheerleader, FAMU cheerleader, uh, who, was, who was mic'd for a game, and, you know, look, we'll talk to her, but, I mean, she had some great smack talk during that game, right? I, I mean, it was epic. So we're going to get a chance to talk to her, but she's gone viral all because ESPNW, I think they were the first one to catch hold of it and put it out there. But I'm going to give Kelvin Marcus, I'm going to give the shout out to Josh Padilla and FAMU Athletics because a month earlier, they dropped that uh, same video clip on FAMU Athletics. And I, I died laughing when I saw it. I, I mean, look, we tried to retweet it. We don't have as many followers as ESPNW. I mean, but we – so a month later, somebody at ESPNW got a hold of it, tweeted it out, and all of a sudden it made the rounds, and now it's gone viral. Isn't that crazy? But um, I don't know. Shout out to – shout out to uh, Josh Padilla, FAMU Athletics, Communications and Marketing – for, for putting uh, for putting that uh, together, um, and so yeah, we'll talk to her, and then uh, in the top of hour two, we'll talk to Coach uh, Dion Desir, who is the head boys basketball coach at FAMU High, FAMU DRS. Uh, she's a Godby product, a Godby star. Uh, uh, went on to help Godby win a state title, I believe, uh, and then went on to uh, play at USF. And then she came back home, and she uh, is a trendsetter, one of the few female uh, women that are coaching a boys' high school program. And I think there might be a couple there in Tallahassee now, but uh, she's definitely a trendsetter. And so, of course, this being Women's History Month, or, you know, we, we, we got to give a shout-out to the ladies and, and the FAMU women who are doing big things. And so uh, we'll have Coach on as well so uh let's kind of go around the horn kelvin what do you want to what do you want to get to what's on your mind uh as, as we get the show started i want to start off with baseball since we were in first place and undefeated hey. in the sweat hey 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 all right all right so uh i gonna get this out of the way we we, we did play one of our midweek games against troy again and we oh, took it on the chin again uh, just like, but you know, we understand how those midweek games are right now. Uh, we focus more on the uh, conference slate, and we are undefeated. Man, I was able to go to the Alabama A&M game on on Saturday. Uh, the, the games was over so quick, though, on on Friday and you know Sunday that you know by the time I was ready to go out there, it was pretty much done deal, right? 
Um, we scored in double digits all three games. Um, yep. I think I think uh, all of them ended with the seven within the seven innings, I believe. Um, the first two, the first two did. Uh, yeah. it, it 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 was complete domination, man. Um, you know, we had of course a baseball player who was the uh, swag player of the week. Um, yep. he had like four, he had like four home runs. Jamaica J- J- Bastardo. Yep. Um. Um. Six forty three for the series. Uh, on base percentage five forty five batting average, ten RBIs, four home runs. That's one weekend, yep. three game series. So That's crazy. Of course, of course, he was deserving, and of course, we we're undefeated in Swag East. So, uh, and Alabama and them actually came in fair and. Fairly decent with uh, swag competition. I think they had lost one of they had beaten Jackson State. Uh, I want to say two or three, and they lost to Bethune um, two two or three. But then um, they had some early non-conference wins against conference teams. Uh, they beat Jackson State. And I want to say Southern. So they came in as a competitive team. But they were not competitive with us, and and the biggest difference I saw is our offense. I I hit us. We can hit against anybody, um, and it, and we have a true number one pitcher, uh, which I think they got shut out that first game, sixteen zero yep. something like that. Yep. And um, yep. and and what hurts Alabama and M is that they just don't have pitching. They're decent hitting hitting team, but they definitely they just don't have the pitcher. So, uh, but they're 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 um. Their coach is very animated. I'm surprised he don't get kicked out of the game more, because it's like he he constantly is needling the the refs. And I remember him from last year. He's constantly always complaining, and he's kind of obnoxious and and overly uh, aggressive. But I guess they that's his nature. They know him, so they give him some leverage. But anyway, uh, we got to change. They're a strong competitor to win 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 win, win sweat tournament. Uh, hopefully everybody stay healthy. But uh, if you get a chance to well, watch this team play, you go. Hey, they they must see TV because they can hit the ball. Yeah, uh, Kenya Sykes said. Did you say six forty three? Yes, on the weekend series, his batting average was six forty three. On the season, he's hitting five forty three. Uh, so yeah, that's. Um, Pretty impressive. Marcus, what do you want to add? You want to add anything regarding baseball? I do have a question, though. Um, I was looking at the SWAG standings, and I know we're 6-0, and we're undefeated. But I'm trying to figure out why the games we didn't play, the games we played in the Atlanta Classic or the HBCU Classic where we play SWAG competition, why aren't they counting in the standings? Um. I, th- I would. I think those were already predetermined. I, I would guess. I think those were predetermined, right? Well, I, I would guess um, those are. They were tournament or or, or they they count as games, but they didn't mm-hmm. count as conference games because because they were part of a. Uh, we you know we played Southern and um what's them call it in the uh, Andre Dawson Classic. They were classic Southern and, and Southern and Trader, played, as a matter of fact. Grambling, and then, in the, and then um, we played uh, Grambling in that uh, Lucas Guard Classic. Mm-hmm, so, right. uh, so they they don't count those classic games as uh, 
conference games, just regular games. Uh, okay. And, and take note of this. Take note of this. You mentioned the fact that we already played Southern and Preview A&M, two teams that we did beat. So, you know, by my count, now we didn't sweep Grambling. We beat Grambling two out of three in that uh, Gar Lucas class. We should have sweeped them. We was up 12-0. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm counting that as we just gave up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we Yes, we should have. Uh, but it should be noted, Preview, we beat 6-4. to four. The only other undefeated team in SWAC play is Preview. Now, this is early. These are just the first two weekends of the SWAC season. Okay, so the SWAC season is only two weeks old, uh, but Prairie View is six and zero in conference play. Now they're like eight and sixteen overall. So juxtapose that against what we've done, uh, where we are twelve and thirteen. Now coming into this contest, also I, I should I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that FAMU comes in as the uh, number one rated team in the Black College Sports Network. Uh, top five baseball rankings for Division One, so you know now that is a computer-generated ranking, not a poll. Uh, I think we're we're not uh, top on the uh, Black College Nines, which does a poll every two weeks. Uh, I, I think we're somewhere in the middle of their poll, so it'll be interesting to kind of see where things happen, where things fall. But in terms of the computer rankings, and uh, you know, AD Drew kind of helps. Uh, helps push in numbers and the computer spits out who's one, two, three, four, and five. But the uh, the Rattlers came in number one this week, slightly ahead yeah. of, slightly ahead of, guess who? The team that we play this weekend in Daytona mm. Beach. Yep. Yeah, slightly ahead of Bethune, who uh, they are sitting at five and one in the conference, 14-11 overall. Uh, that is going to be a huge, huge matchup, huge matchup uh, this weekend. And we'll talk about that a little bit later because I got a great text uh, that I'll share with you guys a little later in the show about that game. And so I, I, if you're in the in the area and can get out to Daytona Beach, I think that's Jackie Robinson Stadium out there in Daytona mm-hmm. Beach. Yeah, that is a beautiful, yeah. beautiful ballpark. If you can get out to that ballpark, uh, that is going to be a great series and a great opening uh, night series on Friday. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later. Marcus, what's on? Uh, I want to get to you with what's on your mind before we get out of this opening segment. Uh, well, I'm kind of enthralled by our softball team. You know, just what they're doing, and I was hanging on a thread watching YouTube this weekend and. We dropped two close ones to uh, Alabama State. I think it was uh, number one in the SWAC East for the softball. But we had them. I mean, we had we're down one run. We had a 5-0 lead on the second game of the doubleheader, and they chipped away and chipped away and broke through, and then we had some folks on base. So it was a 7-6 loss there, and we lost 5-4 to four on Friday, and it looked like we had – we gave up a run in the bottom of the seventh. So we were – very close to perhaps even taking over first place because instead of five and four in conference, we would have been, we would have been uh, seven and two. So I mean they're getting there and they have they're playing with the, with the top team in the division. So I'm just you know looking forward to them just knocking it out. 
And they had a game today and uh, against Mercer, and they won that mm-hmm. game out of conference, three to two. Right, right. Uh, bases loaded, walk RBI in the bottom of the seventh. If I if I saw your text uh, correctly, and I looked at the stats, um, I'm looking at the box score here online. I believe that's the second time we've beaten Mercer this year. Um, I think so. We need yeah, to yeah, we beat them up there in a tournament. Yeah. Right. At the beginning right. of the season, uh, we played a tournament up there. Right. Uh, friend of the program, uh, Nia Morgan, uh, dropped a homer in the fourth inning uh, to get us on the board. Uh, then uh, Melkayla uh, Irvis, excuse me, she got a triple RBI. I think she – look, she's – in terms of – triples and extra base hits. I'm going to have to go and look at where her standings are because, I mean, she's an extra base hit monster right now. Um, So, uh, but she drove in the tying run in the fifth inning. And then, of course, we had a bases loaded walk in the seventh. Um, And so that brought in, um, let me see, who scored that run? Uh, Naraya Lee scored the run to give us the – the uh, the three to two victory. Lauren Peppers, shout out to Lauren Peppers, pitched a complete game, seven innings, only two on runs. She struck out eight, uh, so a very good performance there by uh, Lauren Peppers. Um, Another ATL you know, homegirl. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's good to see her confidence uh, grow. I think that's her third win of the season. So. Um, I know she's taking it on the chin in a few games, but it's good to see because I, I really think we're going to need all three pitchers. And I and I think I think we if I had to get I'm just speak. I'm not, you know, just from what I've seen, I, I bet anything. Coach Coach P, she 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 knew she had three good pitchers. Um, and I think Peppers is the one I think that's been the sort of maybe the slowest to come along. If Am I saying that, you know, I feel like that might be. Um, you know, compared to the other two. Uh, but, you know, needless to say, it's good to see her have that kind of performance. And hopefully that'll help out. They got a Mississippi Valley State this upcoming weekend. So we'll 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 talk about uh, we'll talk about that um, a little bit more. And their record right now is sitting at 12 and four. So uh, this is a great weekend. I was looking at I was trying to look at the standings here real quick. Uh, in softball, we are sitting – look, we're only sitting – I mean, Alabama State is in first. You pointed that out, Marcus, at 6-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, They – we are sitting at 5-4 and four in conference play. So, in between us and Alabama State is Bethune at 6-3. and three. Alabama A&M is also at 5-4. and four. Jackson State is 4-5. and five. So, Mississippi Valley State is 0-8. Okay, so this – they have not won. Look, I hate to say this. Valley has not won a game in 23 games. 0-23 right now. So this is a great opportunity. This is a feel-good, get-right weekend for, for the Lady Rattlers. We need to get th- we need to get three. We need to sweep this series and get these three wins so that we can stay at the top. Who knows? I mean, I don't know particularly who uh, – State, Bethune, and AM play. They might they might be playing each other. Somebody's playing each other because look, there's only six in the East. So there's gonna be some battles. We got a chance to possibly vault all the way up in the first place if things break out 
the right way. So uh, I think that is a home series. So uh, we need Rattler Nation to show up this weekend and help these ladies get three dubs on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, anything you want to add there real quick? Uh, did we mention about uh, Janae uh, Mobley being the hitter? Go ahead. Week? I did not. Go ahead. Mention it. Mention it. Yeah. Yeah, she was uh, the swag hitter of the week. Uh, six hits and 11 at-bats. Four RBIs. And uh, slug slugging percentage of 727. On-base percentage of 583. So, congrats to her. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, before we go to break, just want to remind everybody there's still opportunity for you to donate to the uh, to the family of our brother, uh, Kofi Hemingway. Uh, you can do so. You can there is a GoFundMe page. You can simply go to GoFundMe.com. Just do a search for his name, Kofi Hemingway, and there's an opportunity there. You can also make a contribution if you're able to do so via Cash App to the family uh, via his wife there. Uh, that's the Cash App symbol, A.K. Hemingway. Um, and again, every contribution helps. Um, believe that. Every every yeah. contribution helps in some form or fashion. And I know um, from, from, from people I've heard, um, whether it be Vaughn or others, um, that it is really appreciated. And, and I hope we just continue to retweet and share the love because uh, there was a lot of love there uh, with Kofi. And so we need to keep that memory alive and keep that spirit alive. Let's take a break because on the other side, we're going to talk to uh, Nyla Clarington, our FAMU cheerleader that uh, runs a mean smack talking game there on the baseline. So we're going to talk to her in just a moment and find out what it's like being a viral star. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loop machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together we can be the change. 
At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Rattler Nation, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus here, and joining us is one of our FAMU cheerleaders, the viral sensation that she has become, Miss <laughs> Nyla Clarington. Nyla, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you all? Hey, we're, we're, we're honored to have good. you on. We're doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Uh, so let's kind of start a little bit. Let's Before we get into all the, the stuff about the video, let's let's talk about you. Let, let's find out mm-hmm. about you. So why don't you tell us uh, where you're from, uh, what, you're, what you're majoring, what you're studying, how long you've been part of the cheer squad. Okay, so greetings, everyone. My name is Naila Clarington. I am a fourth-year pre-physical therapy scholar at the illustrious Florida A&M University. I am studying pre-physical therapy and I'm graduating this May. So congratulations. um, (laughs) Thank you. I'm originally from Miami, Florida, but I've lived in the metro Atlanta area for most of my life. Conyers, Georgia. Okay. All right. And and I apologize, Naila, for not saying your name correctly. You know, I, I you know, feel free, you, you know, especially off air. Go ahead and correct people, especially when we're off air. You know, I didn't have anybody give me the pronunciation, so I apologize. Uh, Naila Clarington, uh, make sure and get that right. And so um, you've been you've been with the cheer squad. Were you cheering in high school? Um, kind of give us a little background at coming to FAMU and cheering in, in that Okay, so I've been cheering since I was three years old, and I've cheered every single year of my life since then, whether it be like rec cheer or basketball, football cheer. Um, I did cheer all throughout high school. I also did all-star or competition cheer um, for a good amount of years, and I've been on the FAMU cheer team for four years. So... There, there's a moment where I think the most honest moment in the entire viral clip is where you said, I think it was after a backflip where you said something about, I'm getting too old for this. And that felt so real. So, I mean, now I see, I understand now when you when you talk about you've been cheering since three, I, I feel, well, I don't feel it because I've never, I mean, I wish I could go back, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I felt that one. Go ahead, Kelvin. Ask some questions there. Yes. So, 
my back really do be hurting on them sidelines after all those tucks, those flips. It's standing up for a long time, even though I love it. You know, it comes with its aches and pains after the game. My feet are sore, my back hurts. I feel like I'm really getting old out here. Mm. Wow. To be young, to be young, to be young. I know. <laughs> okay, so what I want to ask you about is how did this whole thing even come about, right? Uh, you were so natural and honest. Um, on camera, and I think that's what also translated well as just being funny, man. It, you know, some some of your stuff was just classic smack, man. It was awesome for me. But um, so tell me, how did it come about? Did you volunteer to do it? And then once you were Mike, did you even realize uh, that you were Mike and you you know you were conscious of it? Or you were just being naturally you, or what? So um. My good friend, Sydney, who is a content creator for um, for Family Athletics, she sits right by the goalpost for me for almost every single game. So she hears all of the smack talk that we do throughout every game. So she heard it and she asked, hey, I would like to mic you up one game. And I was really nervous. I tried to pass it on to somebody else on my team because, I don't know, I was just really nervous. And my coach, um, Coach Tatum, actually made me do it. So... Yeah, I was kind of forced outside of being on camera because, you know, it's one thing talking mess, but talking mess, knowing that you're going to be on camera, it was just a little, I was like, oh gosh, I'm scared. But eventually, I would say, I just started to forget that the camera or the mic was even there. And it's just really a part of having fun while you're cheering and watching the game. And if you're actually into the game, so it just kind of became a thought in the back of my mind by the time the game was over. So have you, throughout your cheer career, high school, middle school, all that good stuff, this is what you, this is what you always done, huh? Yes, this is so, it's so regular <laughs> to me. It's so natural. Like, I went to a predominantly black high school as well. So this is just the culture that I've always been around. Like, if you want your team to win it, if you're rooting for your team, you're definitely heckling the other team. So this is just something I've always grown up around, especially with my brothers and my dad being in sports. It was just, it's too easy for the stuff to just roll off the tongue for me. Like it's, it's natural. How, how so many, uh, you mentioned your... you have, oh, I'm sorry, Kelly. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna man. ask you, you mentioned you have some brothers. How many, how many uh, siblings do you have? It sounds like you guys have some great uh, smack talking there amongst the family. Yes, so I have two brothers. I have one younger brother who is going to college next year, and I have one older brother who did play sports in college while he was there. So it's a very competitive nature between the two of them. And then, of course, being the only girl, you always want to measure up to that. So I just developed a slick mouth and tough skin dealing with those two. <laughs> Go ahead, Marcus. Go ahead, Kelvin. Okay, Marcus, go ahead. Go ahead. I have a double question. Uh, the first one, with um, are you the only one that talks smack on the sideline? Are you leading the smack charge, or is it everybody? I am not the only one, and I'm not the worst one either. My teammates, Ooh, okay. they, they got some hot stuff coming out of their mouths, for real. It gets really <laughs> hectic on those sidelines. 
So it's definitely a team effort from all of us. I just happened to be wearing the mic that day. Oh, okay. Y'all be looking all sweet on the sidelines. Like, oh, yeah, just cheering and doing a pom-pom. I didn't know it was all like that. Have y'all ever, the second part, have y'all ever gotten a, drawn a technical from a player or coach with your smack talk? Oh, no, no, no. We are very, very nice to the refs. The refs love us. They would never give oh, us a technical. No, not you. Have you ever or gotten the opposing team? I'm sorry, I didn't phrase it right. Have you ever gotten the opposing team oh. so riled up that they got a tech called on them? No, I haven't. Unfortunately, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, I, I loved I loved how you in talking to the referee and I heard you maybe talk about this on other interviews you've done but in terms of talking the interaction with the referee was hilarious because it was like you you had said some things like I wouldn't let him talk to me like well how, how you you know it's like Mr. Ref how you gonna let him talk to you that way I mean and imagine imagine for a second five six other ladies on the sideline telling the ref <laughs> I mean, you talk about emasculating. At some point for that referee, he's going to – I mean, talk about that interaction there with the referee. So the coach had really been calling that specific rep out the whole entire game. And just in that moment, he had said something very, very slick, very disrespectful, something like the ref couldn't see or he's not doing his job. And I was like, ref, like how long are you going to keep ignoring his comments? You can't keep letting him talk to you like this. This is your court, ref. You, You got the rules in your hand right now. Come on now. He getting a little bit out of pocket. So, you know, just a little talking <laughs> to the ref here and there. And he actually spoke back to me and he was like, he don't mean no harm. And yeah, it was a little funny moment between us two, but it sounded like harm to me. That's why I say he need to take. He was really getting out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so talk. Go ahead, Mark. Let me ask this, Brian. Yeah. So talk to me about the reaction that this video has gotten and, and, and you know, the tension. And how do you how do you process all this? And did you have any idea? Did they did they even tell you that they was they was releasing um the, the video and everything? And and just what's your response to how how it just went viral? So, yes, they did tell me that they will be releasing the video. I was speaking with Sydney the whole time. She's really so nice, such a great content creator. And she made me feel really comfortable. She let me see the video before it went out because, like I said, I was very nervous beforehand because when you're in the game, you know, stuff just be flying off the tongue. And I was a little <laughs> bit nervous for people to kind of see that side of me at first. But she let me see the video, and it was posted in – once I saw that uh, the FAMU Athletics page, it did really good on FAMU Athletics. I felt a lot better about it. And then all of a sudden, I just got a DM that said that Sports Center would like to post the video. And from there, it just it took off. It, it's still taking off. And I still can't believe that people are so amazed that cheerleaders get into the game like that or that a cheerleader will actually understand the game because it's it's a lot of us like that. Like my whole team is like that. So it was just, it was nice to see that people actually enjoyed the video and that they would want to see more content like that from me. So, uh, which leads me to the follow-up question. So what's next? So what's next? I will be commentating at the spring game for FAMU. That's coming up soon. So you all will see me there. 
Yes, and um, I'm graduating in May, like I said, so I'm applying to physical therapy schools and just moving forward with my dreams and my goals. And although sports broadcasting, sports broadcasting wasn't really on my radar before this video, I think it has definitely given me like the courage and confidence to want to pursue something like that. I just never thought that it would be something for me, but so many people have enjoyed my commentary, which was so normal and natural to me. Now I'm kind of feeling like this is something that I could do because before it was nothing that I really thought anybody would want to hear from me. Well, just, just let me say, absolutely. We need more of you. That's Amen. awesome. You're good. You, you're natural. And and I would I would definitely where where wherever platform you on I would definitely follow you for sure. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I'll add to that by saying you know I, I love just tossing ideas out and whether you but you the fact that you have knowledge and and from the from the standpoint of being a cheerleader and you see the game right there courtside probably make best seats in the house sometimes you probably hear a lot of things so being able to talk to people and give people a perspective you got to show that you can put together you and other cheerleaders and i mean talk about the game talk about you know i mean i'm just tossing that out because not only football games but basketball games as well uh so i mean there, there's a there's an angle there that that you can that you can uh that you can if you choose to i know physical therapy might be your love but uh you can find time to moonlight and do this uh sports broadcasting stuff as well if you if you want to get into it so um um but i uh so just toss that out to you but i want to give a shout out for a second to to uh as you mentioned josh padilla and sydney i met sydney before i can't think of sydney's last name i want to give her a shout out as well because you i mean the fact that that video was out on famu athletics a month before espn and i and I, when i saw it i laughed my tail off and i knew i was like if somebody gets a hold of this this is going to go viral i honestly thought that uh when it first came out so i don't know was were, were you one of the i know a lot of athletes now uh josh has been miking up were you one of the first ones to get mic'd up i think i was the first in her mic'd up series uh that might be wrong but i think i am so yeah it was definitely like just a random idea that she had at the end of one game and it just it's had like success within family athletics with the other sports as well yes. so that's really good She's a really mm -hmm. great content creator yeah definitely i mean it, it's turned out where we've got ladies singing and we we, we done yeah. discovered some vocalists we done discovered some mm -hmm. uh sideline uh you know it's just all kinds of stuff has been coming out. So uh, just another great creation there by uh, Sydney and, and FAMU Athletics and Josh and and uh, Honesty. Now, I got to ask this question because that game was against Alabama A&M, correct? Yes. Now, we, we all know later on in the season, there was an incident at another school between Alabama A&M and that school where the cheerleader kind of took exception 
to something that happened. I I don't know. Do, do, do cheerleader? Do y'all talk within the swag? Do you have? Did, did anybody? Did, did you reach? Did she reach out to you? Did you reach out to her after that? I mean, did you when you saw that incident happen between the Mississippi Valley State cheerleader and A and M? What was your thought when you saw that incident happen? My thought was that she was very bold. Now, I will talk mess, but I'm just not sure about backing it up with six, six dudes on the basketball court. I would have <laughs> left it right there where it was on the sideline because I just value my health a little bit too much for that. But, yeah, she, she's very bold for doing that. But I make sure when me and my girls talk mess, we get to the end of the sidelines when the game is over. I don't want any of them coming at us, us going at them. It's all fun and games to us at the end of the day. It's not that serious to be getting exactly. beat up by some men over trash talk. All right. Cool. I, I just I still look at that. I still think about that video and I, I didn't I couldn't tell what she was upset about or why she was upset. But again, like I said, it's just kind of interesting that it happened against Alabama A&M. Uh, Marcus, uh, do you have any questions there for uh, Naila? Uh, yes. Do you have a preference of which sport? Because you cheer for both football and basketball. Do you have a preference of which one? I prefer to cheer for football a little bit more than I do basketball. Um, for most of my life, I cheered for basketball more because that's just what was more popular at my high school. But in college, I definitely prefer football. The games are just a little bit more lively. We get a little bit more student interaction within football. And I understand football a lot better than I do um, basketball, seeing as that's what the men in my family played the most. Actually, my granddad played at FAMU and is in the Hall of Fame here. Hmm. So... It's just um, football, I just have a little bit more passion for. But this was my first season cheering basketball with FAMU, and I did enjoy it a lot. It's a different vibe from football because we are so close to the players. Like football, they're still across the field. But basketball, they're right in our face playing the game. So it's just it's a different experience. Okay. Thank you. Let, let me ask, what speaking, uh, talking about students, uh, what what do we have to do? What do, what do you think can be done to get more students out? Because we've seen when Lawson is packed and when students are into it behind you guys, uh, you know, in that student section, I mean, it's a tough place to get a win for, for opposing teams. What? How do you feel about, you know, uh, just the, the student body interaction with basketball games compared to football games? What do we have to do to... To, to, to see some improvement there. So I personally have never seen a packed out Lawson for a basketball game, which is kind of disappointing for me because it's such a beautiful arena. I would love to see that energy come transfer from Bragg to Lawson. Um, I'm not too sure what we could do to get the involvement for basketball season as it is for football. I do know that some schools have a homecoming for basketball season as well as football season. So just kind of like a week of events to hype up a sort of homecoming sense for basketball might get some more involvement to the games and just making sure that they get equal advertisement on family athletics like football does. So, yeah, I just think okay. 
also it kind of has to do with the dynamic of the family basketball um team football is I don't I don't want you know, to say this in the it, wrong way. It's king. But, we, 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 got football is king. we know, we know, we know. Yeah. yeah, so I would just say football's record makes the games more anticipated because we want to see them blow out a team. We want to see them, you know, put put another team in the dirt. But with family basketball, that same anticipation for the next game is just not on the same level. Okay, good point, well good point. Appreciate, appreciate, well put. Appreciate the honesty on that. Uh, Kelvin, final questions or, or thoughts there for Naila? No no, no questions, man. Uh, uh, won't you uh, give your plugs? I'm, I'm going to steal your line, um, Brian. And, you know, how, how can people watch you and what's your social media plugs, all that good stuff? Okay, so my Instagram is at xx.naila, N-A-I-L-A-H. And um, my Twitter is xnaila with three H's at the end. So X-N-A-I-L-A-H-H-H. And that is how you can get in contact with me. Right. Hey, I, uh, somebody in the chat mentioned that you got an offer from uh, when you did the Sirius X. Uh, XM interview with uh, Frank Izola that you got an offer there to uh, to 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 do uh, what uh, to, I guess what do a do a show or do an interview up there uh, you got a talk I mean is that something you're thinking about definitely pursuing or following up on yes that is definitely something that I will be following up on I thank them yeah. all the time for that interview it was such a fun experience they were really nice and um, I did get his email so that we could keep in contact so. God willing, you know, the opportunities that are meant for me come for me when the time is right. All right. Good, good. Well, you, Who's you your granddaddy? <laughs> yeah, My exactly. My is Willie Big Claire Clarington. Okay. All okay. right. All right. Yep, right. right up there it in Watson. He's right up there. It you walk is. around all those plaques, he's going to be up there. All right. That's awesome. That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right. Legacy. So, FAMU Legacy. So, uh, again, you're graduating in May, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, Naila, I, we appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, I know it's been a, an amazing week, and I hope you just continue to carry it on, and I hope we see you in these, uh, in these spaces and anything we can do to help promote whatever you're doing maybe you'll invite us on one of these guys or on your show one day and i mean we're always available at least i am these other guys are kind of busy i'm they got families I, i'm always available but uh you know everybody you know uh whenever whenever you have your moment and continue to do please let us know tag us so we can share it with rattler nation mm -hmm. and continue to celebrate you and uh congratulations i mean it's really Really Thank fun. You. It was kind of the kind of the highlight. One of the highlights of the basketball season was uh, yeah. you and, and yeah. your squad. So uh, very much appreciated. So uh, Thank you. all right. Any uh, inviting me? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming on. Thank you again, Rattler Nation. Uh, Naila Clarington. Make sure you uh, follow her on social media. Make sure you tell her you appreciate her coming on the show. And all that good stuff. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and uh, with a little bit more, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Let's face it. Shopping for insurance can be time-consuming. 
That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Itchy. Squirmy. Scratchy. Family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Marcus here. Uh, shout out to uh, Naila again, Clarington. You guys, make sure you go follow her. And again, I got to give also a shout out to uh, Josh Padilla and uh, uh, his group of uh, students, uh, Sydney. Uh, she does a great job there. Um, hold on. Josh just sent me. I want to make sure I give a shout out to these to these folks. Uh um, Sydney, uh, Dorsey Rencher. So that's Sydney. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you heard Nyla talk about Sydney and, and, uh, she does a great job there working in athletics. And so again, uh, AD Sykes even sung the praises of, uh, Mr. Padilla there at the 220 club. Uh, the one thing that has kept the FAMU brand strong through a lot of the changeover has been his work and the work of the students and josh is very quick to uh to point out that he has great students uh involved in working with him and and you know very much similar to you know vaughn wilson i remember vaughn talking about yeah. that about it takes a, a a group he can't do it by himself and so when you get these students and that's what we keep telling these schools out here you've got hundreds of young people at your disposal that want to be involved that want to be engaged with athletics all you got to do is put the information out there 
uh, inspire them, show them what you need, direct them, teach them. And man, these, these young folks will come up with great ideas and they will turn, uh, <laughs> They'll create magic for you if you if you give them if you just inspire them a little bit. So, uh, FAMU is a great example of that, and I hope we just continue to keep that going uh, in so many places. All right, let's talk. Uh, we got to catch up here before coming up here a little bit in about fifteen minutes. We're gonna call, talk to Coach Dion Desir, uh, FAMU DRS boys basketball. Uh, we'll talk with her, but in the interim while we're catching up let's talk about our our uh, our women's tennis team because man i mean look they they're what they're doing right now um i i don't know if many i don't know what the preseason rankings were or predictions uh i don't know if very many people predicted them to do what they're doing um but they're having a great season they uh they shut out southern this weekend in Baton Rouge, they were supposed to play Xavier, which I'll tell you, Xavier has a great tennis program and a great tennis team. I would have loved, I don't know why that game got canceled or postponed, I guess canceled, probably the better word from what I saw, but that would have been a great match to see, you know, us go up against Xavier. But uh, anyway, they beat Southern 4-0, and now, uh, if I look at the standings here in tennis, I'm going to pull them up We're here undefeated. in a second. We are. We're undece- undefeated in conference play, 7-0, uh, and o, sitting in first place right now. And essentially, uh, the final regular season contest is Saturday afternoon at the Althea Gibson Tennis Complex, 1 p.m. against Bethune. And essentially with the win, uh, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We would have just won uh, our SWAC regular championship, the second SWAC regular season title uh, in FAMU history. Uh, The ladies coming through with them titles, boy, aren't they? Uh, (laughs) uh, So that's – yeah. Here's another good good thing about this uh, team. You got a freshman, a freshman, a sophomore, a sophomore, a junior, a sophomore, a freshman, and one grad student. We are extremely young, so mm-hmm. we we're going to be a power for a while. Yep. And yep. one of our freshmen was highly highly touted last year, Rebecca Gaines, out of um, I think Kernersville, North Carolina. I saw when she signed that she had some accolades. Yes. Yes, yes. We got three freshmen, two sophomores, a junior, and a grad student on this team. Yeah, and I, I know uh I know at the beginning of the year, I knew, you know, Kofi was Kofi knew that these ladies were young. And uh, I know we we were joking there in some of those some of those uh, earlier in the month. Remember Calvin, we were joking and I, I just Every time they kept winning, I just like, come on, Kofi, we're just waiting on you to talk about these ladies. And he's like, all right, we'll we'll get there. We'll wait to see. We'll wait to see. <laughs> we'll wait to see what happens in the SWAC tournament. And so I'm I'm happy that they are having the kind of success. And so I know, you know, to- Kofi as a as a tennis guy, uh, he he's got to be smiling watching 
what these ladies are are doing and accomplishing um they have been they've been hot um i've you know today unfortunately uh they played mercer they kind of lost to mercer uh five uh, they lost to mercer five to two but all right you know that hasn't you know that hasn't derailed them at all i mean you know they've had a couple of stumbles against the non-HBCUs. And, and, you know, I think I was one of the, I remember that was one of the points I recall Kofi talking about is that as this team grows and as these players grow in their confidence, we'll see it when we've not, it's great that we're beating the SWAC schools and we want to keep doing that. And this team's goal will be to continue to grow in confidence and win these mid-season uh, non HBCU matches as well, and mm-hmm. I, that that day is coming. I, I really, you mentioned the youth of this group. That day is coming. Uh, so again, Saturday, uh, one p.m. at the Althea Gibson Tennis Complex, we take on Bethune. We win that flat out. We're the regular season champs, undefeated. Uh, the SWAC tournament is. I got the date pulled up right here. April 21st to the 23rd in New Orleans. So between then, uh, there's a match against Florida State on April 8th. I don't know where that is. I would guesstimate, Kelvin, it's probably going to be at Florida State. Is that Florida State? Okay. Uh, so that uh, that that w- that's what faces them uh, in between this contest against Bethune and the SWAC championships, and and I don't know, maybe there'll be some opportunities to if they I don't know if they schedule some other stuff as well, uh, but um, you know, shout out to uh, to tennis, FAMU tennis, mm-hmm. um, SWAC does his coach champs. Okay, so oh, so I saw a note here from Josh that says. Uh, the SWAT has co-champs in the um, in tennis. So, yeah. So basically, he said sports. Yeah. So, because right now in the standings, Jackson State has one loss. Alcorn has one loss. Uh, we beaten. I know we beaten Jackson. Did we beat Alcorn? Looking at the schedule here, yes, we beat Alcorn 4-0. So we actually have the tiebreaker over uh, those two schools, uh, Bethune but on the but season. They, but they don't recognize head-to-head, I don't think. So no? So if we were to lose. But we would go in, and, and we're, wouldn't we go in as the one seed, though? We'd go in as the one seed in the tournament, though, right? I would think so, but Probably. I can't say that for sure. I got you. Uh, Bethune on the season, just so you know, is one in seven, uh, one in thirteen overall. So uh, there's no such thing as a guaranteed victory in sports. But the ladies, we sh- if we take care of business, I feel like we can we can we can win this regular season title mm-hmm. uh, and wrap it up uh, this upcoming uh, this upcoming weekend. So that's what's on the line. Uh, let's talk bowling. Uh, what do we got, Kelvin? Let's talk bowling for a second. The bowling team racked up the SWAC tournament. They had with a third-place finish. They start mm-hmm. off really well, um, were undefeated, knocked off the number one seed, actually, uh, on on their way to uh, Saturday, and then, uh, uh, you know, fell a little short on Saturday and Sunday morning against uh, – 
what Alabama State and Prairie View, mm-hmm. and that was the conclusion of our, uh, our our dynamic duo coach coaching team, um, the Browns. Uh, coach Karen Brown and her husband uh, were the, were the coaches of the team, and I they had been coaching for what the last 12, 11 seasons. And so we want to thank them for everything they've done for the program and for leading the program for double digit years. And um, they always had uh, one of the, the better GPAs, APRs, all that on young ladies represent the program. Well, they've always been competitive and, and, and they've pretty much been scholars um, so I would have loved, loved for them to have brought it home and uh, won the championship for them. But, you know, I'm still proud of uh, the program that they've run, and, and I wish them the best in retirement. Um, I know in Coach Brown, Karen Brown's case, she's uh, she retired from the university uh, a few years ago. She was a facilities um, assistant phys- facilities director in the construction of facilities planning area uh engine engineer by trade and uh she's a southern jaguar grad actually but uh hmm. you know but uh but she 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 definitely supported orange and green and and put a lot of time in on at famu and so we want to thank them and um wish them the best and what whatever's next for them yeah uh, you want to add anything in there, Marcus? Uh, no, not about bowling. I don't. I don't. I can't bowl, so I have nothing to add. <laughs> well, apparently, I I can bowl. I didn't. I didn't realize that until you know I listened to Scotty's show the other day. You know, but anyway, um, I will say this: in watching the SWAC bowling championships, now what I I love the fact that you had an opportunity on the first two days. If you sign up with a free account, I think the US USA Bowling, uh, what I forgot the the USABC something like that. You can sign up and and watch those games the first two nights for free. Uh, I, I'll tell you, I, I'm just speaking forward here. I would love, and this is where I think the SWAT kind of dropped the ball here, uh, and and you know. With an event like that, if you want to engage and, and tr- truly bring out uh, opportunities for these student athletes, um, there's an opportunity there to have a person, uh, a two a two broadcast team, somebody who's familiar with bowling scoring, uh, the format, and then somebody who's more of your quote-unquote play-by-play, but not necessarily your play-by-play, but really the, the storyteller. Somebody who can tell information about these student-athletes and just describe what we're seeing. Because a lot of times it was hard to see the score uh, from the from the video viewpoint. But if you're not familiar with the scoring, uh, the fact that you don't see the score and then you don't know the rules of how because you're saying if you're watching it on TV, you're saying, why are they changing lanes in between, you know, every frame or, or you know, there's little things like that, that having a rules person, you know, would really help. Mm-hmm. And That's a great, that's th- a great concept, Brian. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there really is. That to have somebody there that can tell you, you know, well, hey, they're using XY scoring system, and in this, you know, the teams have to exchange uh, the, the the lanes, you know, and and even have fun with it, you know, because a lot of times people people casually bowl, right? And so we, we, most people who casually bowl, you you just you know your frames, you know what a strike is, you know what a spare is. Because the thing on the screen tells you, but at the same time, what it'd be nice to be able to have a little information, a little background to guide you, and then tell us who these bowlers are. Because these are athletes, you know. That you think about the number of frames they bowled on consecutive days. Oh, uh, my quads. My my thighs and my wrists. My wrists hurt just thinking about how much work those they did bowling i mean so don't don't sleep that bowler bowlers are mm-hmm. athletes too i i maybe i'm just getting to that remember when i was young i thought the only type of athlete was baseball was football and basketball and baseball but you get a little bit older and you start realizing as you start understanding the body a little more you're like nah, you know what these bowlers might be athletes too and yes they are uh so mm-hmm. that's just that's right you make a you make a good point because even if we look back, and if I'm, I'm trying to remember, it's been like four or five months now, but back in the SWAC volleyball tournament, the commentator, yeah. I think that they had was a retired or, or former coach from the SWAC and giving not only background for the players, but giving some insight as it relates to the sport, what was happening on the court and the angles, the players, and even had a little bit of explanations. I know for myself, I mean, you know, all I remember from high school is, okay, you can't hit it, touch it more than three times, you got to get on the other side of the net. But as far as like other rules, they explained those rules. They explained a little bit why the libero, the defensive player has a different color jersey, all that type of things that the casual fan may not know because they're not involved in the sport. And it helps to grow and promote it. So if the swag did something similar for bowling, and, and t- tennis to a certain degree, but I think we have enough familiarity with tennis from the Williams sisters that, you know, everybody in the mom was trying to, you know, they were trying to watch Venus and Serena and then everyone came after them. So they probably got accustomed to the rules, but something like bowling, if they want to grow it, especially in this era of title nine and, and something that AD Sykes mentioned during the 220 club about the, the demographics of the university and how it's the pendulum has swung heavily towards uh, the female population then you may want to grow some commentators and maybe even use some students who may be familiar with the sport to help along with that. Yeah. Um, I see Edwin, Edwin Moore had made a note that pre pandemic, the, uh, the SWAC had broadcasters who covered bowling, uh, calling every game of the tournament. And during COVID the broadcasters were dropped. So, Mm. Uh, appreciate that input, Edwin Moore. Uh, COVID, COVID is over. Let's get the broadcasters back out there. Well, I, let me not say that too loud. I don't want to get canceled. Let's, out. Hey, uh, let, let, let's, yeah. let's mention let's let's mention that we had a bowler that was a uh, all swag yes. also. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Ship. Uh, she was all swag and the all made the all tournament team. So I know Jordan had one of the best averages overall. I think she was definitely in the top five in terms of averages. So, uh, and I, I think that is a young team as well, if I'm not mistaken, Kelvin. So, um, whoever comes in after Coach uh, Coach uh, Brown, 
they're going to inherit some uh, some pretty talented bowlers uh, coming in. All right, let's uh, Good. let's all, all, all sophomores, all sophomores, and, and one junior. Yes. Yep. Yep. So that team, third place, they're definitely coming back. Um, and and so we just we know uh, we we just hope we get uh, somebody in there that keeps the. Uh, that takes the program to the next step, keep the standard of excellence and just keep building on what uh, mm-hmm. coach Karen and Al Brown had, had done. So again, uh, shout out to them and thank you uh, coach Brown for, for all you've given to FAMU through bowling. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to get uh, coach Brown on the show. So uh, we, we're, we're hopeful that day will happen. Let's transition now back to the basketball court and our next guest interview is in. And it'll give us an opportunity here uh, to introduce and welcome into the show Coach uh, Dion Desir. I hope I'm saying Coach's last name correct. Um, our producer will swing the uh, swing the mic. Coach, how you doing tonight? You want the political answer, or you want the real answer? <laughs> I'll keep it real, Coach. The keep real it real. Answer. Keep it real. Keep it real, Coach. One hundred. <laughs> I'm I'm tired as hell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, well, okay. Hey, I, I love the honesty. Thank you, Coach. Love the honesty. Uh, I hope I said your name uh, correct. Um, uh, you did. Okay, so good, good. Okay, so um, let's let's start with a little bit of your background because you are a Tallahassee native, uh, a Godby product. You let Godby to a state championship. Then you went to uh, South Florida, uh, I believe, if I got all the background info right from what I read. Uh, uh, talk about going from being a player into coaching. Give, give us a little background. For those who aren't familiar with you, uh, give us give us a little bit of the background there. Uh, you pretty much hit it right on the head. Uh, born and raised in Tallahassee. Played at the Blue and White, Amos P. Gavin High School, uh, the Cougars. Uh, we had a very fantastic and fam tabulous team um, okay. that we went to state uh, at least three years in a row. We won on our last year. Uh, from that, we were all blessed. At least all of our starting five had an opportunity to play collegiate ball in the next level. Uh, three of us, three out of five went to Division One institutions. I played at the University of South Florida all four years, four and five. Um, started pretty much every year while I was down there. Blessed to have an opportunity to continue my post-collegiate career, uh, tr- had a tryouts with the NWBL when they were around before they folded. I uh, actually had a tryout uh, with the NBA team, WNBA, uh, when we was down in San Antonio, Texas, in the Women's Final Four. Uh, but it's okay. God had different plans for me. I went overseas and played in Germany, uh, in Le- uh, Leipzig, Germany, uh, for a season or two. And then I just prayed about whether or not if I needed to return back there. And from there, the Lord said, I need for you to come back home get back into the educational system, start working with our kids and start coaching. And so started off at Gabby with the girls and the boys squad as assistant coach. I came in back in as a head coach for the girls team. Then after that, I was blessed to have an opportunity to be at FAMU DRS, affectionately known as FAMU High uh, in January 2008. And here I am going to my fifth year as the head coach over the boys program at FAMU DRS. Nice, nice. Kelvin, uh, what you got? Go ahead. Coach, was it ever your plan to, to coach uh, boys uh, basketball, number one? How, how did that come about? Why did you apply? And then I want you to talk about 
any differences in coaching the girls versus coaching the boys? I mean, basketball is basketball, but yeah. I'd like to hear your perspective of that. Uh, it was never really my intentions to be head of a boys basketball program, uh, let alone even being right here in Tallahassee and actually one of our two rivals, whether it was Rickers was our rival back in my day and FAMU was our rival back in our day. Uh, it wasn't until the last day that they had uh, applications for the position at FAMU DRS. And I really wasn't going to put my application in, but I had a lot of people saying, you know, coach, you should do it. You should try it. Spoke with my husband about it, prayed about it. First and foremost, I prayed after I started hearing, you know, a lot of chatter. When people are in your ear, you can't always take that. You know, you got to go to the Lord in prayer and seek his advice first. And so the next morning, I just got my stuff together and definitely submitted my application. And from there, I had my interview and we landed uh, with them announcing me as the first women's head coach of a boys basketball program here in Tallahassee, Florida. So uh, the difference between the two, uh, the girls are very more sound and, and, and fundamental, which is one thing yeah. that I truly do love. OK, when you draw up X's and O's, they're going to go out on the court and they're going to execute it. Uh, one of the things with the females is when uh, some of them, they'll run through a brick wall for you. Others, they'll run real fast and they say, uh -uh, I'm not about to hit that brick wall, <laughs> you know. But with the guys, you have it to where they're going to dive on the floor for a loose ball. Uh, they're going to be a little bit more aggressive uh, in, in the game. Uh, but when it comes to the fundamental skills, they just don't have it like the females do. Uh, they have the athletic ability to be able to jump, uh, to dunk things of those nature that you have some females that are able to do, but most of the time your guys are going to be able to do that. Uh, one of the troubles that I find out from at least coaching as a head coach in this program, uh, when you draw up the X's and O's for the guys, it, they, they see it and they, they nod their head. Yes. And then they go out on the floor and they do something totally different <laughs> from what you drew up on the board or what you're trying to tell them. So I see that that's, that's the trend with guys to where they'll, they'll utilize their athletic ability to execute what they thought they saw on the board, but that wasn't really it. So you have your pros and cons and coaching females versus po uh, coaching the guys. So uh, out of the two, it's hard to determine which way you want to go, but I really do like coaching the guys right now. Awesome. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh, good evening, coach. I want to ask you, what has been your biggest challenge and what has been your biggest surprise or source of joy over your uh, tenure as co of coaching the boys at FAMU DRS? Challenge holistically speaking, or which way you want to go with challenge? Because there's so many challenges when you talk about a female <laughs> being in this position. Go, go, go where you uh, want to go, coach. Yes, yes. Go where you want to go. All right. As, as far as when you have respect, I don't care if it's a female or a male, um, they're going to do what you ask and you tell them to do. So that has really not been a challenge with the guys that I work, that I teach and that I coach with. Uh, the challenge that you have is uh, the level of respect that you have from the other, um, let's say, officials, uh, other coaches who may feel like you're female. You may not know much on this level. Uh, we're going to see what you're going to have. And it, just this past season, and I have conversations with the officials now, you know. Did we lose coach? Coach still there? Oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, we got yeah, you. It's probably the, the earbuds. Uh, but what I was saying is that uh, the challenges that I have is being the female over a boys program. It seems that 
you're, you're a little bit challenged on what you may know and what you may not know, um, especially coming from officials. Um, I've had issues with that this past season, the past couple of seasons to where I let them know what's happening. And they're looking at me like, yeah, OK, coach, we hear you, but we don't hear you. No, you need to hear me and you need to hear me loud and clear. What I'm telling you of what's happening on the floor is what's happening on the floor. It's part of the game. I read the book. I read the rule book. I played the game. I played on different levels. So please do not come at me and try me as if I don't know the game. Um, so those are the, some of the challenges that I have when I have messages from other coaches who have not physically seen me. They just see my name, D-I-O-N-E. They associate that with the male. So a lot of times I, I have messages that come up and say, yes, sir. All right, coach, sir, I'll be glad to see you. And I have to say, good afternoon. I'm not a sir. I'm a male. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you as well. Uh, you know, so those are some of the challenges that I run into. But as far as with challenges with the males and having them to do what I expect for them to do, I don't have those challenges. It seems that they're a little bit more fearful of me than they are of my male coaches uh, that I have. Uh, so as far as the respect with the, the players, I don't tend to have an issue with that. The challenge is outside the program and try, having people to understand that regardless of the sex, if you know the game, you know the game, and you still should be respected in that way. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, also the counterpoint, uh, what's been your biggest surprise or source of joy over your coaching tenure? Oh, I just love seeing the guys graduate. That's our first and foremost thing that we have to have. Our guys have to graduate. We're not talking about graduating with a 2.0. You know, uh, a lot of guys feel like, or athletes feel, that as long as I have a 2.0, because that's what the FHSAA standard is. If you have a 2.0, you're able to play. We don't play those games because we know if it's meant for you to go to the next level, uh, educationally and or athletically, you're going to be prepared. So within our program, we try to make sure that our guys have at least a 3.0 GPA. Uh, so the joy that I have is just seeing how the guys, if they had a low GPA coming in, uh, buying into our, our, our program, our philosophy, they understand that academics come first. And when you're able to see a guy that I have from a 1.75 go all the way up to a 2.85, you know, when they get ready to graduate, wow. it's, it's awesome. That's, that's my joy. Yeah. When I can have every last one of my guys that I've been here for going into my fifth year, concluding my fifth year, every last one of them thus far have graduated with their diploma. Every last one of them have either gone on to college, they have started their own business, uh, they have married, they have started their family, uh, for them to message me back or they'll call me, it, you know, just for them keeping in touch. We are a family, as they say, family. We are a family uh, within our program. And just to be still in contact with the player's parents, that gives me joy just to hear them say how well their, their son is doing and what they are doing and how they're prospering and whatnot. So it's just been blessed. We've had one fatality with the young man uh, that was killed up on the basketball court. Uh, but outside of that, every last one of our guys have been doing great and well. And, and that keeps me going. That's the energy that really, really keeps me going because they are actually able to do something outside of basketball. Uh, so that's my joy that I have. We had one recruit to sign a scholarship last year. We had another recruit uh, player last year who actually had scholarship offers. And then he said, coach, I just want to be a student. I said, hey, there's nothing wrong with just being a student. You know, if this is the road you want to go, you have my support. I support you. And he was a little afraid to tell his parents. And I said, look, man, just be honest. If you need for me to 
to set the tone in the beginning, I'll call them up. I'll let them know, which is what I did. I said, hey, your son has something he needs to talk to you about. Um, I'm not going to tell you. I want him to be able to tell you, but he's not in trouble, <laughs> you know, uh, but he just needs to talk to you all. And uh, he decided that he just wanted to play. And the year before we had a kid, he had scholarship offers. He said, coach, I just want to be normal. I just want to be a kid. And so now he's in law enforcement. He really wants to be an engineer of uh, a fire, uh, be one of those engineers. I said, if the Lord wants you to do that, then you'll do it. So my joy is seeing my guys prosper. Mm. Well, thank you. Um, since you, you mentioned that recruiting process, it kind of changed my thought on what I was going to ask you next, Coach, about the just uh, the, the the recruiting process for young for, for basketball players. I'm even going to I'm not even going to 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 stick to just men, but just as a as a young person today in this recruiting cycle, where you've got I mean uh, you've got a I mean, COVID actually has kind of you've got a lot of programs which are changing their strategies. We're no longer, you know, look, in the final four, there are teams building programs over every year. Uh, talk about what what has it been like over the if you as you noticed over these last couple of years, the challenges and what kind of conversations are you having with your students and parents about this recruiting process and where things are now as you know, talented players in high school are looking to go to college. It's, um, it's a, it's a difficult discussion to have with the parents, but you have to be truthful with them and you have to tell them the truth. Uh, this new wave of what colleges are doing right now is really hurting our high school students. It really is. Um, for when it comes to females, you can have great talent and you'll get seen. And it's a possibility that you will receive an offer, whether it's a division one, division two, II, division three, NAIA or JUCO. Your chances are going to be pretty high. Unfortunately, on the uh, when they call it the chopping block, as college coaches have explained to me when I call them up about my players, they'll tell you, you know, coach, uh, you know, since this COVID has hit and, and with the transfer portal, it's a little different for us now. And especially for the for the guys, it's a dog eat dog world out there. It's you could be the best talent in Tallahassee and, and come to being the best talent in the state of Florida. If you're not a four star or a five star athlete where you have not had the opportunity to get rated, you're not really going to be on anybody's radar because the first thing that they look for is the transfer portal. That's what college coaches, they tell me on the time. Coach, we're going to the transfer portal first. As we go to the transfer portal, we're going to junior colleges. After we go to junior colleges, we're going to prep school. After we go to prep school, we'll go to the, the, the next level after that. And the last thing on the chopping block is high school students. You know, so high school is number five. And, and, and that hurts because if you got a kid that you know has the ability to actually play on the next level, they have to wait till all the four no's they go down on their list before they actually even given an opportunity to even be looked at. So um, it's bad for high school. And so you have to tell parents and you have to be truthful and honest with them and you have to be transparent. And if they don't believe what you're telling them, then that's when you have to reach in your back pocket, pull out that ace card and say, hey, I have a former coach or I have a current college coach who doesn't mind coming in to speak to you all to let them let you all know exactly how the game has transformed. And it helps them to be a little bit more uh, knowledgeable, because if they're basing it based upon 15 years ago, you're not going to get the correct information. You're going to be misled 
the GPA has changed to try to get in the schools uh, for the NCAA clearinghouse, which I've been told is a possibility that they're going to get rid of that at some point in time. The entry level is a 2.3 for the core GPA. They're talking about raising it up to a 2.5. That's on your core. But if our student athletes are not understanding what your core GPA is and what it takes to try to get into that institution, in addition to the uh, standardized assessment scores that you need to get in, then they're going to struggle. So if you're not high, if your athleticism is not meeting up there and you're not a four star or a five star, good luck on trying to get in. Because even trying to get at the junior college level, you have a lot of D1 prospects who are playing on the junior college level. They're reclassifying and going back down. And COVID has given kids two and three extra years on top yeah. of the original yeah. four of the five to play. So yeah. you got yeah. I saw a team in the tournament. They averaged their average age was twenty four point five years old. Who does that? Wow. I mean, you, literally, you're supposed to be finish up, finishing up in school at the age of 21, you know, late at 22, unless you went to the service. You know, you get your extra years from that. But now you're talking about playing against grown men like 24, 25, whose bodies are fully developed. These are guys that you expect to be playing professionally. So you're talking about taking a, a string bean of a high school kid to try to play against a doggone broccoli you know what i'm saying the the stalk is much thicker and, and broader and bigger and they have more experience and that's just unfair to our high school kids but uh, we as coaches we have to try to do the best that we can to try to market our players to be able to try to get to that level and if it means you know scratching and clawing and knocking on the door like 15 20 times hey i got this kid down here i think you should look at him and they'll come and they look they say hey i like them we just got to we're waiting on this kid from this JUCO or this transfer portal. So it, it, it hurts. And so that's what we try to do within our program to educate them, to let them know we're going to do everything that we can. One thing I tell, always tell my players and I tell my parents, I will not promise you anything when it comes to receiving a scholarship. But what I can promise you is that we're going to try to make sure that your child walk across the stage with a diploma and they're going to be ready to go to college if that's their route. And if they can walk on, hey, that's better than nothing because eventually walk-ons, they get scholarships as well. So to answer your question, it's a dog-eat-dog world for females and males. Wow. Real talk, Coach. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, Kelvin, let me give you a chance to get in the last word here with Coach. Yeah, Coach, first of all, let me thank you because I, I know you uh, you got little ones and you're extremely busy working and everything and, and family. So I, I appreciate your time and you taking up taking up this uh, offer. And it's been really enlightening to hear from you. Um, my question that I have is going to be a twofer. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm just interested. Uh, have you what kind of relationship? How's the local schools, colleges been? And do you have a relationship with the coaches or anything? Have you know? Do they keep in touch? And then um, my other question is. What do you think of the tournament, men's and women's, right now? What's going on? I heard you talk about the age. You know, there's no such thing as blue bloods because, like you say, uh, they get one and done. And those other teams got five and six year seniors. So, so I, you know, just tell me what you think of the final four and how the tournament got, has coach? played out. Who you got, Coach? Who you got? So I can talk right now. Who you got? I got to make sure to write this down. <laughs> you might as well go ahead and rip that up. <laughs> That's that was thrown out the window a long time ago. <laughs> but to uh, to answer your question, my relationship with uh, the coaches here, Fam and, and Florida State, Florida State, 
they're very good. I know Coach Ham very well. I know Coach McCullum very well, as well as the new assistant coaches there that are there, as well as Coach Brown, um, who's over at FAM. Coach Cabrera, he's the only one I have yet to meet face-to-face -face and have a good conversation with him. Um, but I attend the practices over at FAM. I attend the practices over at Florida State. That's how you continue to get your game better. You just can't sit still with your, with your prior knowledge from the time that you played uh, high school and college and expect to be good. You still got to go get fed. So I continue to go to those institutions and I always bring our guys to their practices so they can see um, how it is on the next level and what it takes to try to get to that next level. Because running that, you know, 10 seconds down the floor is not going to cut it. You got to get down the floor in eight seconds on college. Uh, so being able to allow them to be able to see that is good. So my relationship with them is good. Now, as far as the, uh, the, the March Madness for men and women, I, I'll tell you, my whole family, we did a bracket. My kids, they love it every time a March Madness comes around. They love filling out their brackets. They remind me, Mommy, are you gonna, we going to do the brackets this year? We're going to do the brackets. And I, I, I picked some sleepers, but these are all sleepers when it comes to the male side. You know, right now, my husband said, uh, South Florida, they better order some extra food because they're going to be sold out with uh, with FAU and, and, and Miami. Uh, going to the right. Final Four, bars and stuff are going to be packed. Um, I, I've always bled orange and green, whether it's FAMU or whether it's Miami. I've always bled orange and green. green. <laughs> so I'm going to stay orange and green. Um, right. But to answer your question, my pick out of that four, I got a, I got a, I got a gut feeling it's going, probably going to be FAU and, and, and Miami in the championship. Oh, and if that happens, wow. the state of Florida is going to be really, really good. The state of Florida is going to be really, really good. But I will tell you, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, who is that? I think FAU, they have uh, San Diego State. They have some bigs that are going to be uh, – it, it's, it's going to be very interesting. They love the block shots. I don't think FAU really has the bodies to really go against them, but they have guard play, and so does San Diego State. Uh, both of them are, are – are, are grinders. They they dive on the floor. They they will push you over. Uh, both of them can shoot. They have no fear because guess what? Didn't nobody expect for them to be here except for except for those teams. And if you watch after they finished playing when they beat those teams, they didn't celebrate like it was that was their championship game. You know they didn't right. get on the table and take off their shirt and just whoop around and everything. No, right. they got they got they have a goal in mind to win the championship. So you can watch their demeanor. They had something else going on. I was excited, and now let's go. So that was for the men. I can't tell you who's going to win because it's going to be uh, – if people are betting, me, I won't put no money on it. I ain't got – I don't have time to be losing no money on no games right now. I know some people's <laughs> stomachs are probably sick to their stomach, you know, and the money that they have lost. Now, when it comes to the women, that's going to be interesting. And everybody's always talking about Iowa and, and South Carolina. Ms. Clark – I, don't, I haven't seen anybody get up in her and play that aggressive defense like South Carolina has. So she may get a little rattled with that uh, if they stay in there. As most people say, you stay in their draws, you know, you stay up in them, you give them no room, no room for a quick shot. Um, she may not be able to get it off. She could be Steph Curryette, all she wants to. But if somebody is in her personal space, she may not like it and she'll get her passes off. Uh, the big girls that they have. Um, it may be South Carolina in that game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It may be like an eight to 10 point favor for South Carolina. I think South Carolina may go back to back, uh, but it's going to be interesting. And if I was anybody, I won't be putting no money on nobody. 
Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> y'all don't have to worry about that. Y'all not gonna see y'all not gonna see me coming asking you for y'all for a loan because uh no. <laughs> now, coach to follow up on that. What I've seen some rumblings on social media of some folks and, and we we've seen it in some sports, football and basketball for college, that mm-hmm. folks tend to get or some express uh, dismay about not having quote unquote blue bloods in the championship game. They want to see the top teams that are always the ones who have the most talent accumulation always playing. What's your thought as it relates to that and what we're seeing this year in the final four? And I guess to a certain degree, a little bit on the women's side, even though South Carolina has been a juggernaut the last few years. Uh, if you're a basketball fan, you're not gonna worry about blue bus because right. you're seeing some right. great basketball being played right now. And unfortunately for those blue blood teams, the game has changed when they open up the transfer portal. It's over. Mm-hmm. They might as well, they, they can just hang it up. Duke, Kentucky, all of them, uh, they can hang it up. Because as long as this transfer portal stays open, uh, just like the young man from North Carolina, you know, he's in the transfer portal now. Yeah. He, he was the top 30, expected, you know, to go into the draft and whatnot. Now he's coming out, he's going someplace else. So as long as that transfer portal is there, uh, you're probably not going to have that anymore. You're going to have your unknown teams that's not used to being in the Final Four or the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Those are the team names that you're going to start seeing um, to be in the March Madness now. And it's not going to be as easy anymore because of the transfer portal, in addition to the NIL. And because those two cars have came mm-hmm. into play, you are you're, – you're in a battle. Let me just put it like that. It's not as easy just going there anymore because if I can flash you $2 million on an NIL deal for some of these kids, they are playing for their families to get out of poverty. And if it, if it means for me to go to this school that's not a name brand school that people don't know about, I'm going to go there to help my family. Because at the same time, I already know that I'm a four-star and I'm a five-star and I may be a one-and-done. And if I could be a one-and-done to help this program – and I can still get paid two million to help my family at this particular point in time until I start getting those guaranteed contracts, then that's what I'm going to do. So if you're a true basketball fan and you love watching the game for what it brings, then it doesn't matter what name is going to be across that jersey because you just like watching the cuts, the passes, the boxing out, the fundamentals, going to grab the boards, playing that defense, diving on the floor. Uh, you're going to love that. And that's what's going to happen this weekend. You're going to see those four teams doing exactly what basketball is meant to do. So those blue blood areas, they've held it for a while, but it's, 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 up, for, it's up for grabs now. The rest of the team in the country, they're starting to understand how to play this game. They're starting to play it. And it's not just basketball. It's football as well. Teams are in trouble. So if you're, you're a sports fan, you're going to start seeing your school starting to come up because the transfer portal and the NIL has done your school or university a favor. Mm. Coach got me excited about basketball this weekend. I'm ready to have a basketball podcast. Coach, what, what kind of time you got the rest of this week? <laughs> we need to talk basketball. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> let me, let me tell y'all, it, it works well 
when they can get to bed on time and they are asleep. There you go. It works well. It works really, really well. But um, I definitely appreciate y'all uh, affording me the opportunity to be able to come on to y'all's podcast. You all are doing a great job. Uh, I love Thank the you. colors that you have. It's a vibrant color feel. You all keep Amen. it real. Um, and that's what people need to hear. They need to hear transparent yeah. individuals. That's going to let people know what's happening in the inside, because a lot of times when you're not inside in the trenches, you don't know what's happening. And all you can hear right. is he say, she say, and you don't ever get to hear the truth. And sometimes people don't like the truth. The truth hurts people's feelings. Amen. And I tell people all the time, um, I'm not in it to be your friend. I'm here to tell you the truth. And if the truth hurts, then, hey, don't hate me. You just start understanding what the truth is and just deal with it. You know, so. That's how I have to do roll with it. And as my principal would tell me, he says, I think you can catch more flies with vinegar. No, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Right. So he tells me right. to be careful with how much truth you put into the truth. Because uh, you <laughs> tend to hurt people feeling sometimes, coach. You know, That's true. So I, 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 I That's tell a word, coach, boy. I, I appreciate it. I run through a wall for you, coach. You just sold me. I'm running through a wall for you, coach. You just point. I appreciate it. I'm appreciate running it. through it. Hey, uh, coach, all right, all you got to do is just shave that beard a little bit. Shave, yes, shave the beard yes, a little I bit, and then and we'll you. bring you back in. I won't tell yes, anybody. We'll just put you in the transfer portal because that's what's getting ready to happen with high school, too. You know, you can come <laughs> oh, in Lord uh, mercy. be my post uh, player for me right quick. <laughs> hey, uh, Coach, give out some plugs. Let people know either. I don't know if you're active on social media or how they can support your program. Let, let give you an opportunity to give some plugs and shout-outs here. I, I tell you what, there's one thing you all know. I don't do social media. I'm old school. I'm really, really old school, but my kids always talk about, coach, how you know about, don't worry about how I know, because you don't know. I'm very well known in Tallahassee. And so when you all do something that you think I don't know, I already know. Uh, but if anybody ever want to come and check out our basketball program over at FAMU DRS, you're more than welcome to scroll to 400 West Orange Avenue, Tallahassee, Florida, 32307. And you're going to find the true orange and green because we are the baby rattlers of the true FAMU rattlers up on the hill, the highest of seven hills. So here's the here's the real good plug. If you got any kids that want to come on over and play with the orange and green to try to put back up those banners up in that gymnasium yes. back from 1997 from Ronnie Lane time, I'm going to tell you, go ahead and submit your application. We'll be ready go. to put your child on that stage to receive their diploma, and we'll do the best that we can to try to get them a scholarship on the next level. But they can learn something over there because they will have collegiate and professional experienced coaches Amen. Working with your child. So when your child comes in as a boy, they will leave as a man, a respectable Amen. young man. Hey, awesome. look, I, I, DRS has turned out a lot of great uh, men. So, yes, and great ball players too. So, uh, Coach, you oh, continue yes. in the legacy. Uh, man, it's Kelvin, good get, man. I'm glad we had Coach on, man. I'm, I'm glad you, you brought her on, Coach. You can come back on anytime, Coach. You want to talk basketball, talk the program, whatever you want to talk about, Coach. Just call, send us a text, email, however you communicate since you're not on social. But uh, you, you let us know, and you're more than welcome to come on. I, I definitely appreciate it. And uh, as, as the season folks will say, Y'all gonna stay up too late now, cause y'all y'all trying to burn on both ends of the camera. Uh, we we, we <laughs> so, not our producer know. gonna kick us off soon, so we we gotta finish up here soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you, coach. You have a good night. God bless. Stay thank healthy. You. All right.
I appreciate it. Y'all have a blessed one as well. All right. All right. Uh, Coach uh, Dion DeSeer, FAMU DRS. Uh, oh, that was awesome, man. Uh, Calvin, man, mm, I didn't was. know FAMU. FAMU, look, y'all, gonna, y'all changed my opinion. FAMU DRS, y'all, you're going to change my opinions about DRS, boy. Y'all got some coaches trying, over there. What I'm kind of opinion you have DRS? No, I did, it's not that, you know, I, they were giving me, I was giving them some mess about, you know, we, we get to the conversation about Florida and talent. And, I can't, if, if Florida puts two teams in the national championship, as an Indiana guy, I, I'd hate to say this, but I'm just going to have to suck it up and give all praise to Florida for being a basketball state finally. Uh, it took 25 years since I've been down here, but it, it finally happened. And uh, I, I I wouldn't have seen it, but hell, it, it may very well happen this weekend. Um, wow, man, that was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, very hey, b- um, I know before we bring on uh, our CEO of uh, Jericho Broadcast Networks and the Black College Sports Network, um, I want to talk, we want to just kind of go through a few notes regarding the 220 Club uh, and the appearance of... Uh, you know, always when A.D. Sykes comes on, she she always has uh, info. But I got to say this real quick because I got a text from, uh, you know, this weekend, again, in Daytona Beach, FAMU versus Bethune-Cookman, a, a battle for first place in baseball. Uh, Friday night uh, is going to be a big night because you've got – of course, Hunter Beats is going to take the mound. That's our number one. And then for Bethune, uh, Nolan Santos is going to take the mound for Bethune. Santos is tied right now for fourth in Division One baseball in strikeouts. He's got 57 through 37 innings. So uh, he is one of the top pitchers in Division One baseball, period. So we got Veets versus Santos. Hey, I gotta say this. I got a text from uh from Coach uh from Coach Hernandez over at uh, Bethune. He texts me, he's like, Brian, you coming over, right? And I was like, Coach, I you know, I'm supposed to be in Tallahassee this weekend. He was like, Well, you gotta try to get over here for Friday, you know, because Friday night you got Veets versus Santos. So yeah, I put in, I want to put in some miles this weekend. <laughs> get to Daytona Beach, maybe get an hour of sleep, and then get back on the road at like 4 in the morning to get over to Tallahassee uh, on Saturday. So uh, it's going to be a busy weekend on the road for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going just gonna to say that out. But if you can get out there to Daytona Beach for Friday, what time is that first game? Anybody know right offhand? Um, Let's see. But that, again, that's a three-game series. Uh, I don't know if they're doing a doubleheader on Saturday. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just one game Friday, one Saturday. Seven one o'clock. Sunday. Oh, Seven under the o'clock, light. Seven p.m. Yeah, I may just have to Oof. rent a hotel okay. out there or something. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so it's a 7 p.m. game under the lights, Jackie Robinson Stadium. Uh, Hunter Veets on the mound for FAMU. Nolan Santos on the mound for Bethune. Uh, can't get any better than that. Uh, coach was telling me from uh, from Daytona, he said they got some scouts coming. So there'll be scouts in attendance. Uh, so it's going to be a well-attended game. Um, obviously, Major League Baseball starts up tomorrow. 
but uh, there'll be some scouts in the house uh, for that one. All right, uh, real quick, some thoughts on uh, some of. The, let's go through Marcus some of the some some of the talking points real quick that we that we gathered from um, Ad Sykes her visit to the two twenty club uh, this Wednesday. What do we got? Uh, well, a lot of things. Some things I gleaned from her early appearance on the two twenty club. Uh, she really wants to put heat on peak sports. And it, I think I said, and she, and I quote, uh, she said, um, uh, keep on their necks <laughs> in terms of what's going on with peak sports. And primarily that was directed to, that was her new, she introduced her new external uh, VP of external affairs, right? Uh, Hagens, I believe is yeah. his name, correct? So he, yes. he was introduced to the 220 club. We had a chance to meet him and see him. But I, I think she that's who she was she was saying that's who she was directing that to, correct? Yes, that he's now the direct liaison with Peak Sports and that she wants him to hold them accountable for making sure that they have that they give us they develop and cultivate sponsors, but uh, develop and cultivate sponsorships that are commensurate with the brand that FAMU has. And so we're going to hold she's going to hold him accountable for that and making sure that he holds peak accountable. And she also mentioned a couple of other items. Uh, let me pull up my notes real quick. Uh, uh, she, pulling... did, ahead, she did a walkthrough with him, I, I believe, through Bragg Stadium. And he, he was pointing out different areas where they could have signage and use advertising space. So she was uh, very enthusiastic about the fresh set of eyes that he's bringing in terms of being able to maximize the real estate, quote unquote, if you will, for um, sponsorship signs. Uh, let me see. She also, and I, I, I don't want to take them all, but just the other thing, um, looks like she's preparing to submit an application to the BOT, I think next week for the next family BOT meeting in terms of, in order to rename the softball field after Coach Wiggins. Yes, that that's a that's a that's a big thing. That's well about, about time. Are there any other are there any other buildings that aren't named after a FAMU legend? That's the last one, is it not, Kelvin? Athletic or there's otherwise? some buildings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of athletic wise, athletic are, wise. Yeah. Um. Well, there's only uh, three pure athletic facilities, and that that would be uh, it, the the baseball and on um, track and then softball is quasi athletics at this point because it's part of a uh, rec center too so and, and and so all those are all those are named the practice fields are athletic only and they they are not named so there's an opportunity there mm-hmm. oh, okay and i know we bantied about and i want to prolong but we bantied about like uh, how they did over florida state like um doe campbell state bobby dodd field or, Doe Campbell Stadium, and I know we're in the pit. We've talked about various things, and I guess what she mentioned, I think you mentioned as well in the past, Kelvin, that in order to name a building after someone, you have to go through BOT or get approval from that regard. Yes, yes, it has to be approved through the process, which includes going, you know, going through our BOT. Yes, yeah, she, she did mention that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I will say, what, huh? Golf. Uh, hold on. Before you go to golf, Marcus, one of the things mm-hmm. that came up 
in that when she was talking about the peak management deal, obviously peak management is the company that was signed to oversee the marketing rights for FAMU athletics. Uh, that's who signed the deal with UEN, uh, which owns or is league pass plus. So remember before Grambling had a channel, FAMU had a channel. Uh, one of the things that you're probably going to start seeing on social media, if you haven't started seeing it, uh, is conversations that, you know, uh, A.D. Sykes stated that, you know, she is waiting for the lawsuit. She acknowledged the lawsuit that's out there between League Pass Plus or slash UEN and the conference. Uh, now, what's out there floating around on Twitter uh, is that, you know, fam, you doesn't have to wait. But, Kelvin, you had some thoughts I want you to share about it's probably a good reason why FAMU is waiting. Although there will be people saying that, oh, FAMU sh can't, they shouldn't have to wait going out there and get that money, get that bag. Well, at this point, um, the fact that uh, the contract was was never fully executed between the university and UEN, UEN and it went through peak uh, probably is, it was, it was problematic for the university because um, being a state entity uh, state procurement processes don't kind of don't allow for another non-state entity to enter a direct obligation for a state entity, which is a, in our case is the university. So I think that was some of the issues with what happened. And then, based upon that you know they sued the university so until all this legal stuff is cleared up um it it, it would be in the best interest of everybody frankly to uh uh get all that cleared up and then see if anything can be um negotiated afterwards it's just the right way to do it it's at this point so it, it sounds like ad sykes is open to reestablishing terms and agreements or re let me rephrase that reestablishing a relationship with the entities uh the question is you know what hurdles will there be from her bosses you know that that we will see because originally you know her her bosses had signed off on certain things and then it came to be a problem later so that that's why that's why I think, you know, when I hear her say she's wanting to let that lawsuit play out. Yes, fam, you may be in its rights to go and execute a contract with UEN, but you kind of want things to be in the clear. You, you don't want to have that hanging over. I mean, there's one school that's out there doing stuff with UEN, Grambling. And yes, their coach is on G5s and and Bentley. You've seen this video. You've seen it. Have you, have you, first off, sidebar. Have you seen these videos with, with Hugh? Come on, man. What? Hey, hold on. I thought, but I... I is it, it a funny. football... I made the mistake of saying, look, I made the mistake of saying this ain't your daddy's uh Eddie, this ain't Eddie Robinson's grambling. And my girl hit me up uh at Yard Talk uh HBC at, at Yard Talk HBCU 
She was like, mm-hmm. she showed up some pictures of Eddie Robinson pimping Grant pimping Cadillacs back in the mid seventies, and I just shut up. I said, "Well, hell, I mean, look, if, if Eddie, I mean, if he was pimping cat, which were like Bentleys back in the day, I mean, there was some nice Cadillacs back in the late seventies. If Eddie Robinson was pimping Cadillacs, I, I'm just gonna have to be quiet and say maybe that, let me, maybe that is." Grambling and and uh, Hugh is just taking it to another level, so I'm just gonna be quiet from here on out about other swag business. You know, other folk, other folks swag. We let them do them. I'm I'm just gonna sit back and watch and not comment. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I I do think there's an opportunity there to sort of let it play out, and then once the dust settles, which I got a feeling the dust will probably settle here over the summer. And we'll know one way or other, one way or the other, what is and what is not, what you can and can't do. And then at that point, you might see all kinds of schools running to, possibly running to UEN uh, to try to to try to get you know that paper. Don't 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 forget HBCU go uh, mm-hmm. has a contract with the conference uh, also. So yeah. so there's oh, yeah. there's some layers to this thing. Yo, know, there's layers, aren't they? And there are always layers to this. Uh, what else? Let, let's move off of that real quick, uh, Marcus. What else there? What else there did you find of note interesting? Uh, well, one thing that perked my ears up. I think she said an anonymous donor wants to donate a million dollar contribution. I think it's a combination of in kind gifts to the golf program. Nice and. And uh, she also mentioned, I, I didn't hear the question, but I think it was tied loosely to, maybe it's tied loosely to something that you mentioned on Twitter earlier in the week. I think someone in the audience asked about reestablishing some women's sports, and I'm not sure if they were kind of back to back in the same area. And I don't want to misquote her or misrepresent anything, but it sounds as though um, she did mention that FAMU's current demographics are about 70% women, I believe. Um, yes. for, on, for a student for students and that you know she would welcome the I gotta put it she would welcome anyone who's interested in participating in sports to continue to allow that to flourish and allow them to to participate in the sports and if there's interest there that she would have She may be looking at adding enough for support, no commitment, but, you know, she would need the finances and she would definitely need the interest in order to support that. But with the 70 percent female population at the school that she's hoping there's enough. Because because of Title Nine, it would have to be, uh, you know, a women's sport because essentially Title Nine ties uh, your Mm -hmm. sports to uh, the makeup of your student body. And with football having so many scholarships versus the other sport um mm-hmm. you you need to add a woman's sport and just just for the you know easy quick one that would make sense would be on uh, women's golf mm-hmm. well you or or soccer you got more you got more numbers in soccer soccer that's a roster of about 20 it's, probably it's, it is it, yeah it's not about the, the the numbers as much as it is what what you can afford without taking away from other sports okay because you, you we haven't we're not fully staffing the women's sport that we have now. True. So, okay. so that that needs to be our focus. Focus first, getting the, the 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 facilities, the staffing, and I think all of them are offering full scholarships in all the sports now. But mm-hmm. we need we need to get that 
that in compliance. Right. Um, okay. Uh, I, I want, let me let me add in here the other thing that she dropped in that, and I don't know maybe if you didn't catch the. I know Coach Simmons came on and spoke, and uh, towards the end of his speech, she did mention that uh, the Board of Governors voted to, and I, I hope I'm saying this right, okay, that they voted to allow athletic departments within the state of Florida to use overage funds from auxiliary organizations for athletics. That had been something that other schools in the SWAC have been able to do, which FAMU has not been able to do within the state because of state law. We were talking, Kelvin, what is the particular about Where am I not? Okay. (laughs) What am I missing there? What was not correct, whether I said it incorrectly or what? No, I wasn't wasn't you. If if you've listened to the president, a lot of folks talk about – you know, even the you know the the money that we were athletics was paying back to uh, the university. Um, many of us for a long time have been saying that you know you know the university paying back itself. What is that? All right, all of it is the university and auxiliary dollars. Dollars are not dollars that are appropriated from the state. So these you know you're talking housing and concessions and and, and um, you know meal plans, all all these different revenue sources and. Um, because they are auxiliary sources, um, they have there's a little autonomy, a little flexibility, and those dollars have been used in the past, and even at uh, other universities, even when we weren't doing it or told were told that you couldn't do it, other universities have never stopped using auxiliary dollars. Uh, I think there was a um, uh, some kind of directive or a statement that came from the board of governors uh uh maybe six seven years ago saying that you know not to use auxiliary dollars uh for athletics um that was after we reported it and how we reported it but that still was not in it there was not that was not state statute they don't make law so but anyway uh we did that was a fight we we didn't fight we didn't try to fight. And so uh, it, it, it's been some lean years with athletics because of that. And I hope this means that uh, we can um, write off uh, this so-called depth to the university for athletics also, since um, they're going back to what has always been state law. That's my position. Mm. I'd love to be able to get into that deeper next week. Uh, J-Mac also pointed out, here's one more thing that I think we mentioned about A.D. Sykes talking about the NCAA coming up on campus uh, with uh, to to help with the compliance, uh, I don't want to say issues, but just to sort of open the books up to the NCAA and say, this is what we have. What are we doing right? What do we need to improve? And this is one of the things that I thought she would be able to do, given the fact that she has been in committees, on committees with the NCAA. This is part of the reason why she was hired, ladies and gentlemen. She has connections with the NCAA. I know people were looking at other things, but our biggest issue was compliance. And 
So the fact that she has relationships and the fact that she's inviting them in saying, here's our books. What are we not doing right? What are we doing wrong? Help us, guide us. It's almost saying to the NCAA, we are we're laying down on the table. Uh, don't cut us. Uh, show us what we need to do better. I've hired these people to help us. This is the things we've changed within our university structure. It'll get better. So don't find us in the fall. Don't slap another uh, uh, penalty on us uh, on these next settings, uh, you know, because what we're, we're, we're coming to you, you know, saying, Hey, help us. And that's what's happening. So I think that is a good thing. And this is what, I think this is part of the reason why she was brought in. I mean, to be honest with you, I thought, you know, her her connections with the NCAA, her her background in compliance. You know, I know there are other things that people wanted, uh, you know, I, so I mean, look, but this is what this is where this is where she is. And I think three, four months in, uh, this will be her first opportunity to kick in something uh, really big and beneficial to the uh, athletic department. Um, so. Uh, with that said, uh, let's kind of bring in our our uh, CEO, our president, Roy Evans, Jericho Broadcast Networks, also of the Black College Sports Network. Uh, Roy, how you doing? Let me make sure we can hear you. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing fine, gentlemen. How about yourselves? And we're doing well. We're doing well. Another rattler. Yeah, y'all try to throw all that out, seeing if we're 10 minutes after, but we're not going to bother with that tonight because we got. <laughs> I was waiting on it. Yeah, yeah, right, I was trying exactly. not to say it. I was trying not to say it. Um, but I just, I wanted to get on folks. I didn't, I was out last week. I had had a prior commitment to uh, see a friend I hadn't seen in over 25 years. And, um, I didn't get a chance to participate in the, uh, in mentioning to our, about our brother Kofi. And, um, it was was ironic that today as I was, um, looking over Facebook, I had a photo that came up and, uh, this is a photo of me, Kofi and Ron Mitchell, uh, back at the Atlanta classic. Um, when we were doing the BCS at game time show, I want to say this was 20, 2000, Six or two thousand and seven uh, that we did this picture. See, seeing this picture kind of put me in my feelings today. Um, and I wanted to, you know, like I say, give something. I'm not going to be long with it either. But you know, I want to talk about the thing that I think the the biggest impact that it, that Kofi has had on me. Um, I met Kofi while I was at FAMU because his dad was my advisor while I was a student there, and so I ended up getting the chance to meet him. But uh, the biggest thing that Kofi did me, and we actually got really close after this picture. He was always involved in what we were trying to do here at the Black College Sports Network. And um, Kofi is the person that got me telling my brothers I love you. Because every time me and Kofi got on the phone, Kofi like, I love you, Roy. He's like, I love you, bro. I love you, man. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it became habit with him. And um, and we, you know, we did that. And and then as I, we, he and I were having a conversation one day. He would call me up and you know, talk to me when he could tell. See, he could see something in a post and be like, okay, let me call Roy, pray for him. Let me call him and uh, <laughs> let me let me help stand him up a little bit because I know he's uh, know he's going through a few things. But um, you know, he was that that was Kofi, man, and um, I'm gonna miss him uh, terribly. And uh, but I know, you know, he is he is in the place where he wants to be. And we all expect him to be right now uh, with his God and his Lord and Savior. So we uh, we're, we're that 
Um, I'm going to, I'm going to let, I guess, let you guys give your closing thing. Cause I actually have a little video clip of, of that, uh, of that day as well that I want to, that I want to go ahead and run off before we get out of here. So, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I wanted to come on and make sure, you know, so to his, to his, his family, our thoughts and prayers will continue to be with you. And um, Kofi, love you, bro. Well said. <clears throat> well said. Um, Marcus, give you the final thought, final word. Oh, I got you on mute. You're on mute, Marcus. You're on mute, Marcus. You know, I'm not even sure what to say after after Roy, but uh, just, you know, keep Kofi, you know, his memory, his what he meant to you in the forefront of your mind. You know, continue to pray for Rattler Nation, uh, not only for his family, but just Rattler Nation in general, just that we continue to uplift FAMU and that we always put our best foot forward and the most pure intentions for FAMU. Calvin. Yeah, I, I think Coach uh, Desir brought a little bit of his spirit in Amen. some of her comments. You know, you, you know, she she brought that spiritual side, but she kept it real. And 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 you know, even our um, our, our other guests, uh, same. You know, uh, and we we're going to continue to try to bring you great content, great people. It's a lot. It's a lot of things that. Uh, don't get presented to the public. And, and so uh, I, I I really am passionate about what we do here. And I want to thank Roy and Brian again for the platform and for mm-hmm. encouraging me because I would have never done something like this. All right. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I initially didn't plan to be here alone, to be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> but I, I am more committed to ever, especially after my brother Kofi uh, uh, left us unexpectedly like that. I have to keep that legacy going, and I have to uh, speak for those who ain't here to speak no more. So we love you. We appreciate your um, Rally Nation, and uh, we're going to continue to try to bring you the best content possible. I want to thank uh, Naila Clarington and Coach Desir over at FAMU DRS uh, for coming on the show tonight. Uh, continue to celebrate some amazing women in FAMU women. We had some on last week. Uh, we had some on this week. Uh, so, and even the week before. So, I mean, outstanding, uh, rattlers in some form of fashion. They've all have been, uh, we're still fishing. We're still fishing for our, uh, our head rattler in chief. And I know, I know one day, I know Kofi Spirit will make it happen. Kofi Spirit is going to make it happen. I'm, I'm going to speak that into existence. Kofi Spirit is going to make it happen where we he have. Spoke, he already spoke to her. He already told spoke me to her. <laughs> it's, 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 I know she'll come in. It's going to happen. And uh, but, but all in seriousness, I, uh, I, I'm, for those of you, if you're able to get to the, uh, to the service on Saturday, 11 a.m. in Tallahassee, uh, please try to be there. There will be, it will be on video. It will be streamed. So, you know, don't, you know, don't, I don't think anybody would want you to put yourself out if you can't make it because you can watch it. You can watch it online and that, that's a beautiful thing. So if for some reason you can't make it, uh, you'd be able to watch it online. Um, and, and just keep the family, um, Akeisha, Lourdes, Majesty, 
uh, his his mom, uh, Kofi's mom, and and just the entire family. Keep them all in your thoughts and prayers this week, this weekend. Uh, it'll be a heavy weekend for all for all people. Anyone who loved Kofi, knew Kofi, inspired by Kofi. Um, this isn't the end. Remember, we have to continue to push forward the the vision and the inspiration that he gave us. And so that's what we're doing here at the ONG. So uh, with that said, I will say thank you to everybody on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, follow at ONG Strike Zone, uh, get the thumbs up wherever you're watching, share the show with a friend, even if it's after the fact, and go download the uh, Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play and Apple App Store and find the BCSN Pod Zone to watch this show or listen to it in podcast form everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So with that point, I know Roy said he had a special clip. So I will say good night, Rattlers. Be safe and make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. Peace out. Love you, Kofi. Like college football, you can look at all the fans. Everyone decided I just been a very good game today. All right, Kofi, what about you, man? Roy, I'm pumped. It's all good up because I was at the very first Ebony Classic, the Ebony Football Classic over there at Georgia Tech, and I can't wait to eat some Tiger meat today. All right, man. What we gonna do? We know Kofi's allegiance is here, the roller. Love with me, Mitch. Got TSU background in his family, so his name is there. We're gonna do this again. You're the Black College Sports Network. Make sure you tell all your friends. Check us out. BlackCollegeSportsNetwork.net. We are here. We're going to be talking about the SIC, the CIAA, the SWAC. We're going to get into today's game. We're going to be talking to fans. We got the rest of the crew, Ronde. We got Julian, Dean, Trish, Tony, Carmen. It is going to be a party here in Atlanta. We'll be right back with more after this on the Black College Sports Network. Hole, able to move quickly through the hole. He needs a good level of explosiveness as he goes through the hole. And it needs to be a back that's able to give second effort. Is he able to break tackles? Is he able to go through the line? A lot of teams that break one tackle, break two tackles. Is he able to break three tackles? Uh, an exceptional running back has to have those three things. Okay? Well, there we go. We're looking at our CIAA Players of the Week, Mr. Torian Donaldson, running back from Virginia Union.